Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni and today we're talking with Susan Weinstein. She's the co-executive director at Families for Depression Awareness. A licensed attorney, Susan has worked in nonprofits and local government throughout her career. Susan also holds several volunteer positions, including serving on the executive committee and as governance committee chair of the Massachusetts Coalition for Suicide Prevention. She's been helping families recognize and cope with depression and bipolar disorder with the goal to get people well and prevent suicides. Susan, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Kendra. So let's start by talking about your background and how you came to be involved with this organization. Well, uh, through all of my career, I've been involved in nonprofits and um, doing work in government. So I've, you know, always been sort of a do-gooder. But uh, the time came for me to try to do something different. And I realized that there was this organization nearby to my house that was doing amazing work. And I really wanted to be a part of it. So I joined Families for Depression Awareness, and I've been here for almost 10 years now. So what is the Families for Depression Awareness? Talk about the organization's mission and who exactly you serve. So we help families recognize and cope with depression and bipolar disorder to get people well and prevent suicides. What we do is we approach suicide prevention in an upstream way. We want to catch people before they are in a crisis. And we want to equip families to help their loved ones so that they can provide the support that would be helpful to them in order to get on the path to wellness. So we have educational programs that we deliver uh, in person, currently virtually, in Massachusetts, and we do national webinars and live streams and other ways of getting the information out across the U.S. I didn't realize that there is depression and then major depression. I was looking at your website. Can you talk a little bit about the differences between depression and major depression? Well, really, it's a question of diagnosis. And when we talk about depression in ordinary conversation, we're really talking about someone's mood maybe, or it's not really a clinical diagnosis. Mm -hmm. But when someone is diagnosed with depression, it's major depressive disorder. There are are also other kinds of depression. In fact, bipolar disorder is a kind of depression. And there's 
a kind of low-level, ongoing kind of depression called dysthymia. That's another form of depression. So depression is a catch-all, and then there are these various diagnoses that fall within it. You know, depression and bipolar disorder are two of the most prevalent mental illnesses and leading causes of suicide. But I want to know, has society gotten any better about recognizing this? And in turn, have we done a better job of letting go of the stigma, or do we still have a lot of work to do in that regard? Well, I don't think that doing a good job and needing to do more are mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that from when our organization was started in 2001, people didn't talk about mental health at all. And having depression was something that was very closeted. And people didn't know that it was a medical condition, and they didn't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. talking to even their doctors about it. So we have come a long way, and I would tell you right off the bat, it's not universal. There are families and communities and cultures Mm -hmm. that have different levels of comfort with talking about mental health issues and different levels of awareness. And so we continue to provide the information that people can use so that they can, you know, correct, you know, uh, correct myths and misunderstandings. And I do think we've come a long way. I do think there's more to go. But I also think that the uh, pandemic has really opened up a lot of conversations about mental health. People have been spending a lot more time with their families. Mm -hmm. They've been able to observe each other more. Um, They've had to, you know, do real family coming together to cope together. It's been a really awful 20 months, whatever we're at now. Um, And so I think that while depression and anxiety and stress have all been increasing exponentially over the term of the pandemic, so also have families' abilities to come together and support each other. So let's talk about that for a minute, because obviously, you know, these past two years, I mean, I'm, I'm saying two years because it, it feels like 200 years that we've been going through this this craziness, Agreed. right? And I think for any anybody, anyone who maybe isn't facing a mental health challenge or setback is struggling just in, in normal times. But how has the pandemic affected those with depression, bipolar, even mood disorders? I mean, what are we really looking at here um, when it comes to what people who are struggling with their mental health and how the, the pandemic has affected them? Well, people who are struggling uh, were already struggling, but now they have a lot more company. One of the things that's been really great is the way that the government got behind and pushed the insurance companies to be covering telehealth more. Mm-hmm. And making that whole avenue for access to care open, depression is hard to handle no matter what. Having a supportive group of people to help you get through it is is immeasurably helpful. And we have seen that families have been able to take the time to learn about depression, take the time to learn about how to be an effective caregiver. And they have found that they have needed to support each other. And so they feel a real strong investment in it. 
Mood disorder is another thing I noticed on your website that I, I don't think I was really familiar with. It's another mental health illness that a lot of people are going through. What defines a mood disorder and what are some of the ways that maybe you can recognize that if it's something that you're going through and, and perhaps be treated for that? Mood disorder is actually the group of mental health disorders that includes depression and bipolar disorder. So it's all of the forms of depression and the forms of bipolar disorder. Some people think that anxiety disorders should fall under mood disorders as well, but um, that's not the way that the psychiatric community has decided to fill the buckets, I guess is the way to say it. But um, I think that we see a very strong connection between unmanaged stress and anxiety and depression. And and those, if not managed, can also lead to suicidal thoughts and behaviors. So it's definitely in our interest to be encouraging people and to providing them with information about how to build the skills for managing their stress, for addressing their anxiety, for getting treatment for their uh, depression and bipolar disorder. It seems like most caregivers for people living with depression are mostly women, mostly female. Why is that? Well, you know, you think about the family and we really have not gotten away from the traditional structure of women being the caregivers in the home anyway. Um, So when it comes to making health decisions, making financial decisions, a lot of that falls on women. And it just happens that the needs of those who are dealing with depression or bipolar disorder fall under that umbrella too. I mean, I think that a lot of it is practical. I think that there's probably for a lot of women the nurturing and caregiving inclination anyway. Mm-hmm. Women play that role in a lot of families anyway and, and then just throw the challenges that are that come through because of depression, just put that on the pile of the things right. that they deal with. So we are real big proponents of caregiver self-care. We don't do a program that we don't talk about it in some way because if a caregiver does not tend to their own needs, they're not going to have the capacity to care for others. I mean, people use the analogy of the uh, on the airplane when the oxygen mask comes down. You know, if you're not breathing, you're not going to be able to help other people. Right. People right. talk about driving on an empty tank or um, pouring from an empty cup. You know, whatever whatever is the image that resonates with you as a caregiver. Sure. Please use that (laughs) and understand what it means for you and your ability to be well yourself and support others. I also want to give out your website. I'll do it a few times so that people can be aware of it. It's familyaware.org, familyaware.org. And we'll put a link up on our on our site on magic1067.com as well. I was also reading, you know, on your website that it's important to have women leaders in mental health organizations. Why do you think that? We're getting away from medicine in general being a male-dominated profession, and certainly there are a lot of women who are mental health providers. Women are, as we were just talking about, often the caregivers, Mm -hmm. and women are also those who have a higher incidence of depression than men. 
So given that we have all of these factors involving women, to not have women helping to lead right. to lead the programs on mental health care and to work on addressing the deficiencies and talk about suicide prevention, it just doesn't make sense for us not to be at the head of the line there. If you're just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I've been talking with Susan Weinstein. She's the co-executive director at Families for Depression Awareness about how they're helping families recognize and cope with depression and bipolar disorder with the hope to get people well and prevent suicides. They offer education, training, and support to unite families and to help them heal while coping with mood disorders. Let's get back to our conversation. I think communication is key with everything, you know, especially when someone you know or you yourself are living with depression or something like bipolar disorder. But a lot of us, I don't think, know how to ask for help or even how to ask someone else if they need help. What advice do you have for ways to communicate with somebody who may be dealing with depression? Well, funny you should ask that. We're just this week, we had a webinar on communication, and those are available through our website at familyware.org and are free, and you can watch them on demand anytime that suits you. Uh, We also have one coming up in early November on communication with teens. But I think the important thing is to not assume anything and to not force anything, that you want to be caring, you want to be honest, you want to be open to learning how it is that the person would like to be helped, because help isn't help if it doesn't help. People are not necessarily going to be open to your offers. They're not going to be open to hearing that you think they're struggling. So you need to be patient. You need to let them come around to it. But you need to be there for them and just remind them you care. You would like to support them. You would. You, it seems to you that they are not doing well, Mm -hmm. and you believe that there are ways that they can get help to get better and that you would be there to support them in whatever way is helpful to them. Can you talk a little bit more about the teen depression programs that you offer to schools in Massachusetts and to some of the local communities? I mean, I know especially, like you said before, with the pandemic, I mean, people were already going through this, adults, children, teens, but it's been heightened now and the spotlight is sort of everywhere because everybody now seems to be realizing that it's life can be hard, you know, for a lot of people. And now we're shining a light on everyone. But can you talk a little more about the the depression programs that you offer to help with schools and local communities? Absolutely. So we are very fortunate to get funding so that we can go out and do our programs for free in Massachusetts communities. And One of the programs we offer is a workshop for adults, whether they're teachers or parents, on teen depression so that they know how to recognize it, how to talk to kids about it, what treatment entails, and how to get through some of those more difficult parts. One of the really amazing things that we've been doing for nearly 10 years is that we have a teen speakers program in which uh, teens and young adults up to about age 25 We work with them uh, so that they can share their stories of their lived experience with depression or bipolar disorder, and they go and talk to peers. They talk to kids in um, high schools and in colleges 
uh, about what it's like to live with depression or bipolar disorder, what getting help was like for them. And kids understand that what maybe they're going through is a real thing and it's not anything shameful and it's not anything that they just have to live with alone, that there are ways to get help. And we really emphasize on um, identifying a trusted adult that you can turn to and how you can turn to them. So we're putting education in the hands of both the caregivers and the kids because we know that they need to educate each other, and we don't want anyone to have to sit and wait for somebody else to take the first step. I also want to mention this again because your website, familyaware.org, offers so many great ways for people to check in with themselves, with their own mental health. You can even create a mental health family tree. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and explain that to some of our listeners? Because your website is really fabulous. You have a lot of great educational tools on there. Again, it's familyaware.org. But the mental health family tree interests me a lot. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, the mental health family tree I actually love because bipolar disorder is a really tricky mental health condition. And people haven't necessarily been diagnosed with it. It used to be called right. manic depression. Yeah. But People know their family history in terms of who did what as right. opposed to who had what mental health condition. Mm -hmm. So what the, what the family tree asks, there's questions about your close relatives. Um, were they divorced? Did they have issues with substances? Um, did they have trouble with the law? When bipolar disorder is not treated effectively, uh, people can engage in risky behaviors that reflect uh, problems with decision-making and with judgment. And so by pulling apart some of those threads, we're able to make it that people can identify where maybe there might be a path that could indicate bipolar disorder in the family. And if you have a mood disorder in the family, that increases your chances of there being other members of the family with a mood disorder. I think that's amazing. I love that you have so many different ways for people to either reach out and help or to help themselves. And speaking of that, I wanted to know, you know, how can we help if for our listeners, for people in the in the greater Boston area or throughout Massachusetts, how can we help your organization? Can people donate? Can they volunteer? How can they become a part of your team if they if they want to? Well, of course they can donate, and we love it if people have stories of lived experience that they would like to share because that helps people feel, when they read them or listen to them, they feel like they're not alone. They know that other people have gotten through this. So we uh, treasure our volunteers. Um, also, your community could benefit from our educational programs. So check out what we offer, get in touch with us, and we can arrange to bring our programs to you so that people in your community feel like they are in a better position to help their loved ones and to help the broader community as well. Susan, is there anything that you hope for the near future, either with the organization or just in general when it comes to families or those that are dealing with depression? Is there, is there a goal that you hope to achieve in the near future? We never want people to feel alone. We want 
uh, families to be open to each other, to be able to talk about mental health issues so that people don't feel reluctant to ask for help. We want the adults in the family to know what depression and bipolar disorder are so that they can then help the people in their lives who could use that support. (laughs) We also hope that the mental health system can pick up a bit so that we can really handle the the demands of people so that they really do have a, a good chance of accessing the care that works for them and getting well. I want to give the website out again. It's familyaware.org, familyaware.org. And we'll put a link up right on our website as well. Thank you, Susan, for for being in the spotlight today on our show. You know, the work that you're doing to help so many of these families dealing with depression and so many other mental health illnesses during a time when everything seems to be out of whack is so greatly admired and appreciated. It's not easy work. And I just want to say that I appreciate what you're doing. And I really appreciate you sharing with us today. Kendra, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. You've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. We talk with celebrities and CEOs, but we're also interested in talking with your neighbors, coworkers, and friends who are quietly making an impact in their communities. Go to magic1067.com and email us if you know someone you'd like to recommend to be featured on our show. And you can follow us on Instagram at sue.tab and at Kendra the Entertainer. We love hearing from you and be sure to join us every Sunday morning for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 